This is The Winkly. I am your host, the managing editor for Wrestling Inc., Nick Hausman, joined here as I am every Wednesday by my good friend Justin Labar. Justin, welcome back to The Winkly. Good to be back, Nick. We got some big guests today. We got some big news to get to here. Uh, yeah, we're going to talk the news, but right after that, like I said, big guests. Uh, our good friend Scott Fishman, contributor of the site, uh, he was recently down at the Orlando Health Arnold Palmer Hospital for Children um, with uh, NXT superstars Bianca Belair and the Street Profits. And he wrote all about his experience uh, down in Florida um, uh, for the site, posted up just before SmackDown last night. And today we're going to play the interview, uh, or we're going to play the audio of one of the interviews that Scott got there. That was with NXT's Bianca Belair. So you'll hear Bianca today, and you're going to hear the Street Profits uh, on tomorrow's episode. Uh, but not only are you going to get to hear Bianca here and a little bit on the show, you're also going to get to hear from Glow's Rebecca Johnson. This was another Scott Fishman interview. Rebecca, of course, one of the biddies, the old biddies on Glow, and uh, on the news that Glow is not coming back. Fourth and final season on the way. Uh, this interview was recorded uh, just like a day or so before that news broke. So too big. Female interview guests here today, courtesy of Scott Fishman, Bianca Belair, and Rebecca Johnson. And uh, Justin, I know you've done a couple of these hospital visits uh, in Pittsburgh as well with WWE superstars, correct? Oh yeah, every time they uh, they come here, I most of the time usually am uh, fortunate enough to get an invite and, and love to see it. And it's it's, yeah, it's great what they do, obviously just in the nature of what they do. But it's you know even has a little bit more um, you know significance here because this is the hospital and the home of where the Connors Care Foundation started, and 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 Stephanie McMahon's on the board, and this is where the foundation is. So uh, it's 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 awesome watching them do that to, to, to see the kids light up is. Uh, Something that touches your heart, for sure. Well, there you go. Well, you're going to hear Bianca talk all about that experience of getting to meet with these kids and, and a lot more here a little bit later on in the show. But let's get to it here. News you can use. News that will leave a bruise. SmackDown was last night. We'll talk about some of the news shaking out of SmackDown. Uh, of course, uh, it was announced that Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan are going to team up to take on Harper and Rowan in a tag match at Hell in a Cell. Reigns saved Bryan from a beatdown by, I guess, the, the, the Bludgeon Brothers. Is that what we're calling them? Just Harper and Rowan? No, we're not calling them that. They're not the Bludger Brothers? We're just calling them Harper and Rowan. Harper and Rowan. Okay, Harper and Rowan. Uh, they were attacking uh, Brian after Brian lost to Eric Rowan, and Roman Reigns comes out for the save there. Uh, what, what do you think of this dynamic? What do you, how are you feeling uh, about these four men right now? I'm good for it. You know, this is um, Harper and Rowan are, I mean, this is a huge spot for them. I mean, they're, they're getting to go up against, now, now if Daniel Bryan is back to being on the babyface side of the fence, I mean, these are two of the biggest baby faces, full-time baby faces WWE has, probably the two biggest, uh, really. Um, so this is huge for Harper and Rowan. It's kind of appropriate. I mean, it, in, a, in a way, it's kind of like, okay, there's all this whodunit mystery. Like, is this is this a big enough payoff? Um, but, you know, I, I guess when you think about it, you know, they kind of unadvertised gave us the the Brian versus Rowan match last night. Right. And then we're going to get this at Hell in a Cell. They kind of have to wrap this up because with the draft – uh, coming right after Hell in a Cell is over with, the chances are that amongst these four men that they are going to be that you know that there's the, the probability is there probably that, that all four of these guys not won't necessarily be on the same show. So you kind of do have to get some finale uh, to some of these stories uh, before you know essentially a new season starts uh, here in a week or two. So uh, I'm fine with this. This is this is a good. This will be good. Uh, and I, 
you know, I don't know. Maybe I'd look for a Harper Rowan victory. That would certainly help make this whole thing worth it to, oh. to help elevate those guys. Oh, man. A, lo- a, a loss won't hurt Brian or Roman, and who knows? Maybe uh, Harper and Rowan get the win to elevate them and keep them moving strong, whatever direction it is, whether it's a tag team direction or whether they just go off in their own singles or whatever. And then maybe you know, maybe we build to a, a roman Brian baby baby or maybe it's not maybe they again maybe they go to separate shows and and they you know part their ways i'm not sure but i'm fine with it i ain't seen harper and rowan beating roman reigns and daniel bryan here on the on the eve of the draft i mean they've done more than enough to to let rowan and harper now shine in this role but really it's been the the story of rowan here for about the last month and a half here with harper kind of joining a little bit later on they've done they've been over backwards they've done a lot to to get eric rowan to where he's at right now which really nobody saw coming I can't see these guys winning and defeating Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan at Hell in a Cell. I mean, because I think you're right. I don't think these two are going to be on the same shows anymore. I think we see them diverge paths here. I could see Bryan staying on SmackDown. Roman seems like he'd be a big name to add to Raw to help to kind of balance things out. So, I mean, that's just that's how I'm reading the tea leaves here right now. But I think that's interesting that you think that they're going to they're going to they're going to put over Rowan and Harper one more time. I I, I just Well, especially if, especially if they win and it's due to to due to, you know, heel tactics. To, I, mean, I mean, look, Brian and Rowan or excuse me, Brian and uh Roman will not be harmed. Their status will not be harmed if they were to 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 to, to lose to Rowan and Harper. It's not like anybody's going to go, "Oh, Brian and, and Reigns are just not top guys anymore. I mean, nobody's going to think that. So, so if you have that, if you have that luxury, and, and they're one of the few baby faces you have that luxury with, you know, know, we can man. debate about Seth Rollins and and other baby faces and the way they've been booked. But Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns are about as made men as you get for full time guys. So they can suffer a loss, and it be, and it's not going to do any harm. All it's going to do is help um, Rowan and Harper, uh, who you know you can build as as your, as, your, as his monster heels. I see this as you know if if the. You know, because, again, I haven't really been clear about what the goal was of this program, which is fine. I don't need to know everything. I kind of thought this was leading to a Roman-Daniel Bryan match, but I don't really think that's the case anymore now. Um, I, I mean, I, this for me, if, if the plan was to, to use this as a program to get Daniel Bryan to turn him uh, babyface, the last phase of this uh, whole cycle has to be him beating the guy who, who lied to him, who's attacked him, who's jumped him. Daniel Bryan's got to get the win here and be off into the next thing, I, I think, in order for this all to, to make sense to me. Unless this is one big giant ruse and Bryan's in on it the whole time. Oh, my unless, God. Unless, unless oh that's my, that. Oh, my God. I can't even imagine. All right. Well, we'll see how that goes. We also know a big match here for SmackDown's debut on Fox. Kevin Owens is going to battle Shane McMahon in a ladder match. Uh, if Owens loses, he's going to stay fired. He's going to pay the $25 million fine. If Shane loses... He has to willingly leave the WWE. This could uh, this could go a couple ways. I don't. I mean, maybe Shane wants some time away, or maybe this is they wanted to to kind of swerve the fans here a little bit and put a little, couple weeks in between Owens going to NXT and, and play this out a little bit longer. What's what's your gut say? What's happening here? I'm torn. Yeah, I really am torn. You know, because I I I could see both of those. I could see you know holding Kevin Owens off for NXT uh, once it's you know both hours on USA competing against AEW. Um, but I could also see Shane has been, I mean, Shane really since Shane, uh, I mean, Shane's been on TV for so much for the last couple of years. I mean, he's had a little, little gaps here and there being away, but for the most part, he's been just a regular, uh, he's had, he's had a good handful of matches. So, you know, he's always due to kind of do that. And then as all the McMahons actually are, they're always due to have a run, you know, disappear from being on TV for a while. It's just kind of how it works. So, um, 
yeah, I'm, I'm really torn. This is kind of intriguing in the sense that I really don't, uh, you know, I don't know who's going to climb the ladder uh, the highest and, and, and win this match. I can see both sides of it. So, uh, again, another finale that they are going to provide us. Good match. Good match. A lot of hooks. You don't know what to expect. Good match. Good match for SmackDown's Fox debut. Also, another match you know that's going to happen on SmackDown's Fox debut. Uh, the four horsewomen will go at it once again. Charlotte and Becky taking on Sasha and Bailey. We have seen this match recently, but man, these four women right now are on fire. I, I just I, let them let them go. I'm not bored with watching this dynamic by any stretch. I'm sure this will, this match will be great as well. Yeah, and again, you're introducing SmackDown theory to a new audience. Um, you, you know, you, you, these are your four biggest female names, so it, it makes sense to put them all in one match. Yeah. Uh, PWInsider.com also reporting that SmackDown will now be called WWE Friday Night SmackDown when it launches on Fox. Of course, it's been SmackDown. It's been SmackDown Live. Now WWE Friday Night SmackDown, which I would guess would be for branding purposes to let people know SmackDown is now on Friday night. Yeah, and you know, to that point, that's something that I—that's I, something I know we haven't talked about, and I don't know how much it's being talked about across the the, the wrestling media and podcasting landscape. Well, let's not forget they're going to Friday nights, and while Fox is a massive audience, while Fox is in a lot of homes, and it's Fox, I'm curious how well it actually will do on Friday night. It's, it's Friday that, night, it's a tough you know, night. so. It's a tough night. Friday night's a tough night, man. I agree. Right, you know. I, I mean, I, I mean, I it's a it's a it's a it's a, it's a, it's a Friday night. I mean, I, I'm not even going to be able to watch it live just because of obligations I have. I'm going to be I'll I'll be catching up on DVR probably the next morning. Uh, so you know, and I mean that's just me. But I'm just saying across the board, Friday's a tough night. I'll be you know we we're all excited. We've been touting and talking for a year about you know it going to Fox. Um, and, and, and the money that's behind it, and of course, then AEW's prop, you know, popping up uh, comes in the conversation at the last year. But we're not really analyzing the fact that they're, they're going to one of the worst nights to be on TV. Yeah, very hard night. I've also thought about that too. I mean, there's a lot of momentum. They're doing a great job packaging this thing. Commercials have been great. You know, say what you will about the crossover stuff. You know, the Nacho Libre thing that happened during the Vikings game, which was a little obnoxious, but. Um, it's gonna be it'll be a tough slot. I, I also wonder how they'll do. Bigger platform, harder night. So, mm-hmm. uh, Ad Age, uh, they're also saying that The Rock may appear on SmackDown's Fox debut to hype his new Jungle Cruise movie. Well, that'd be great if he could come by the show that uh, is his namesake. Uh, it would it would definitely help things, right? <laughs> yeah, um, it, it would definitely help things. Um, <laughs> right. yeah, I, then, then, then there's the debate of you know do does it help things if he if he just shows up as a surprise uh, or does it help things if you advertise and tell people he's going to be there, especially since the rocks appearances are so few and far between anymore. Right. So, um, yeah, I mean, he, you know, the rock is kind of the, he's the one guy, you know, we, you know, we've, we've seen Austin twice in the last, in the last few months. Obviously we're seeing Hogan and flair on Monday, you know, there's all the legends we kind of get, you know, rocks that one who's become so such a superstar, um, just by his schedule, you know, it, it He's kind of the one guy they haven't burned through right now, and and the in the touting out the legends recently. So he would certainly be a fresh fresh appearance. Yeah, never you never want to pass on the Rock showing up on your programming if you can get him. Surprise, non surprise, be a great get. Um, at Wrestle Votes, more SmackDown news. They're reporting that Fox they want Bray Wyatt and the Fiend on SmackDown. Now uh, they note that this is unlikely since Raw's Paul Heyman is a gigantic fan of Bray Wyatt. Uh, but but interesting to know here. Yeah, Fox. I mean, I look, I read this. I was like, I think a Fox programming. Bray Wyatt seems like maybe a little bit more in line with that than USA. But, you know, they're just networks, you know. Well, and we're going to hear we're going to hear this story 
so much now moving forward now that once once now that we have fox with smackdown and, and usa with raw it's gonna come i mean I, I, I'm, I'm not doubting because wrestle votes has had a pretty good track record of when they put, put something out so i'm sure there's something to like somebody in fox some decision maker who is obviously now paying a lot of attention to WWE programming is probably hearing and seeing the buzz and seeing the youtube numbers and seeing you know the spike in interest that that the bray wyatt segments and the fiend segments are are, are bringing sure. and of course they probably said Man, he would be great to have as we're trying to get viewership or whatever. But I mean, this is going to be nonstop. Whenever there's anything hot on one show, you know, so it's you know something might emerge to be really somebody might emerge to be doing really really well and grab momentum on SmackDown. And I'm sure the same report will come out. You know, USA would really like to have so and so. I mean, that, that's going to be the constant battle here. Is WWE is going to have to to keep these two entities happy. The moment the moment that we see uh, a running you know, four, five, six weeks in a row where one show is, you know, if both if both Raw and SmackDown are pretty even on viewership, then okay, but I don't know if that's going to be able to be maintained. The moment we see one show have a substantial um, increase over another one, you know there's going to be bickering of, hey, we need to, you need to put more, you're not giving us enough attention. Yeah. That's why the numbers are sliding. You know, it's, it's, this is going to be very fascinating to watch. And then, oh, by the way, there's NXT too. Let's not forget about them. Yeah, well, you know, in my head, I'm sitting here thinking like, have Raw and SmackDown always been under the same umbrella or no? Because, well, I guess no, because Raw was on uh, USA and then uh, SmackDown well, was on it, UPN. SmackDown started on UPN, but, yeah, UPN. but this, it's, a, it's a whole, you know, it was, it started on UPN, but it was taped on Thursday and, you know, UPN, this is, this is a, diff, this is, this is a different situation. This is yeah. both shows live. Both shows have a lot, have monster money behind it. Um, yeah. Cause, you know. Yeah, because I know like Sci-Fi was still under the NBC umbrella. Um, right. I'm trying to think, you know, T or C CMT, right? Back when they were on the Country Channel for a little bit there, uh, and Spike. Um, hmm. Oh yeah, TNN. Yeah. TNN. Yeah. Anyway, turn in Spike. Yeah. It is. This is a new dynamic here. I mean, what what can a Fox or an NBC do if they don't get their way? Right. Just like offer less money when it comes time to renegotiate. TV rights. I mean, can they? Well, mark yeah. I mean, that, that's a long way away. No, what right. what it's going to be? It's going. It's going to. It's going to. It's just going to be a matter of. It's just going to be pressure. It's going to be constant bickering of like, you know, hey, we, look, we we just gave you a billion dollars, so we want to see this. We want to see numbers improve. And then, you know, I don't know. We don't know what's the language in the contract, but I've heard people speculate and rumor. And again, it's all speculation and rumor because this might there might be something in the contract that prevents this. But I've heard speculation and rumor of, oh, if SmackDown doesn't do well on Fox, it's going to get relegated to a different. To, to maybe to maybe FS1 or maybe to a, oh. a, a, a a a worse time slot. You know, again, there might be language in the contract that prevents that from happening. I don't know, but you know, I guess those are things that you know, those could be things in terms of you know, well, what could Fox actually do? You know, maybe that's something I don't know. Sunday at eleven thirty a.m. SmackDown. <laughs> right now, I mean, again, Fox is paying the money they're paying. You'd think they would. They're going to want to. They're going to want to put it on the biggest platform they can to get the. So that's how, that's how they got to make the money back is to get the best commercial uh, rates for it. So you know, you you wouldn't think so, but you know, it's it's again, it's going to be interesting. Vince is going to have executives on both ends constantly. You know, hey, well, how much time are you spending over here with that child? What about me? Yeah. Uh, well, also in the world of Bray Wyatt, Bray Wyatt took to Twitter. He apologized to Braun Strowman. Uh, for attacking him on Raw, he says, "Forgive us, Braun. This will all make sense in the end. I'm losing control of it. I'm sorry, so sorry." Braun responded, "Oh my old friend, you don't know what you've started. I'm not the same boy you found all those years ago. I'm not really sure where they're going with the Universal Title here. It does seem like it will be 
around the waist of Bray Wyatt here. But, man, do I love how many people are gunning for Bray Wyatt right now and the vast amount of feuds he has already going right now. It seems like there's months and months of stories you can tell with him pretty easily right now without having to screw it up too hard. Yeah, you know, I mean, I keep saying that they're pot committed that they need to have uh, the Fiend win this title and he needs to win it handily. I mean, look, Seth Rollins has been scared, you know, shitless and motionless for you know a couple weeks now in a row. So I'd like to see the Fiend just go ahead and win it, just win it decisively. But I wonder if this is, um, I wonder if this is a, a possible tease that maybe this is how they get through the match, not getting the title on the Fiend, but quote unquote protecting him as if Bray Wyatt, or excuse me, if uh, Braun Strowman was to uh, interfere or cost it. Um, you know, and I don't know if that's the best route to go. And I don't, I don't know if they should be adding Braun Strowman to this match to make it a three-way. I've heard all kinds of different things, um, so I'm not sure what to think of this here. But I, I just, I just, I think, I think at this point WWE's just gone. They've gone. They've already. They set this up too perfectly in terms of they, the way they've rolled out the Fiend. And I think they just need to follow through with it. He just needs to again, like, just decisively, just needs needs to take this from Rollins. Ray beats Seth. Seth wants in the cell. Braun wants in the cell. Fatal four-way. You know, so many things going on here. I don't think it'll play out like that. But there's a lot you could do with Ray, too. A lot you could do with Ray. I love the idea of him, uh, like, kidnapping Dominic and brainwashing him. I'm still, like, I really <laughs> like that idea. Uh, can you imagine Dominic in the Firefly Funhouse where he's like, hey, we have a new friend, Dominic, yay! <laughs> I don't want to see that. No, uh, I, don't, I don't think that's something we want. Oh, I want that. I think it'd be no. great. Dominic gets turned to the dark side. It'd be so good. Oh, maybe no. there's a little little fiend. Oh, man. <laughs> All right, PWInsider.com reporting. Uh, lastly, here in the world of Friday nights, uh, 205 Live will be moving to Friday nights with SmackDown. That'll start on 10-4 when SmackDown goes to Fox. Uh, 205 Live will continue to be taped after SmackDown. Really no change here other than the fact that the show seems to be moving on Friday nights uh, strictly for production purposes, it would seem. So there you go, 205 Live to Friday. So that's going to be, you know, Friday nights, again, it's like, People want to people want to watch the show. They want to go out, have their night, or people are going to stick around for two hundred five live after SmackDown on Fridays. Seems like a rough spot. Yeah, no, I mean from the, from what the live crowd is going to be, I'm not sure, but uh, but I, I think we've I think we kind of can already see this based upon even last week's NXT, and we'll we'll see what happens tonight. I think you know the two hundred five live. Okay, good. They still have a show, so it's still a place to to get more guys some some matches and airtime. But it seems like probably like the, the 205 like title and it seems like the things that are going to matter are going to be probably displayed on Wednesday nights uh, during the NXT show with it. Well, speaking of Wednesday nights, uh, William Regal has announced that the Street Profits are going to face Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly of the Undisputed Era for the NXT Tag Team Championships on the October 2nd episode of NXT on USA. Of course, that'll be the first Wednesday night war match. Uh, big bout. Street Pro- how, how do you feel about the Street Profits on, on Raw? Are they still grabbing you or are you starting to feel like the, the energy is fading a little bit with their segments? I don't think they ever grabbed me on Raw. Yeah, man. Uh, this, this, their appearances on Raw are not doing what, what it's gone too I think was inten- what was intended. It's gone um, too long. They gotta kick somebody's ass. They gotta take somebody out. You know. Yeah, like it doesn't. It does. It doesn't. You know, weeks ago when they, when they reveal, you know, they're kind of like basically just being de facto authority figures in a way like weeks ago when they were announcing the tag teams that are gonna be in the tag team tournament and like like you're a tag team why should you be hyping up and getting excited for other teams that are getting a shot that you're not like i don't know it just they're not it's not they're not really that funny i mean it's just you know in, in this capacity like i i thought like i like the street profits in the nxt context of what they do but them in this little 
they're like you know happy-go-lucky guests on Monday Night Raw, just hanging out backstage. I don't, I don't get it. it does, it's not, it's not doing anything for me. Well, and I don't see Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly losing these titles because the Undisputed Era has all the titles right now, right? They got the Hart Foundation thing going on. I don't really know that that this is that's going to end rather quickly. Could be wrong. But the other side of the coin for me says, well, the Street Profits, these are the guys who have been getting that raw exposure for like a couple months now. Are they the entity that the fans are more familiar with? And, and do we see a title change here? Yeah, um, but, but again, both valid points. So how many ma- I mean, how many matches? Have they've, I feel like they've, they've confirmed a lot of matches already for this, this NXT next week on, on 10-2. They're packing this two hours up. We know, I think it's the winner of Riddle killing Dane is going to face Adam Cole, I believe, on this show. We'll have the tag title turn. We'll have the tag title match. And then I think the number one contenders matches that were had on this past week that uh, uh, Bianca and um, uh, Leo Rush won, uh, no, not not Bianca, Candice LeRae and Leo Rush one. Um, I would think those are going to get paid off in ten two, as well. Okay. So, okay. Anyway. so four or five matches. So so kind of almost like a takeover card essentially. Well, I'll throw in you know since I brought up William Regal, I'll, I'll throw in the the Baron Corbin thing here. Uh, King Corbin is now Baron Corbin's name. It's been changed on WWE.com. Long live King Corbin. I like it. I'm I for do. it. I do too. He looks like such a badass in that cape. I love the cape. Crown is cool too. Uh, all right, Cody Rhodes did a Q&A on Twitter. Uh, a couple things that came out of it yesterday. Uh, he did confirm AEW TV will be TV 14, AEW Dynamite, TV 14. That's not really unexpected. No, no, not at all. That's, that's, uh, I, I, think I think their fan base would probably be in an uproar if Cody came out and said, yeah, we're going to be TV PG. TV, we're TV G. We're pushing it harder. Uh, he also shared a photo of he and Brandy on the back of one of the production trucks, which uh, spawned a million memes in about a 12-hour period. Um, do you have any opinion about the fact that Cody and Brandy are on the back of the, the first photo we have of the AEW production truck? I, I don't, and I'm kind of a loss to why this has become... I, I, I loosely saw that this was some topic last night. and like, Right, yes. Well, a, a, well, a, I'm, I would imagine, just based upon... The size of production. I mean, they're doing weekly TV and they're doing in these buildings that they're doing. I mean, they're 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 the equivalent of WWE from that standpoint in some regards. And WWE has like several trucks, so I'm sure this is not a the only truck. Um, B the fact that they're on a truck. Well, yeah, why wouldn't they be? I mean, they they helped found. I mean, right. she's the chief brand officer, and he's he's like the he's one of the founders of it. He's, so like, why? And they're two of the premier talents. So why would they not be on? Like, I I don't understand if there's a surprise here at at that the married couple who helped start this organization who are top talents. I don't understand what, what the surprise is. Yeah. I I'm a little, I'm a little lost on this one as well, but you know, everybody sees this, they scream nepotism. They scream. You got to be putting over younger talent. I guess the best way to get over younger talent, Justin is to put them on their production truck. That is what I've learned from Twitter last night. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. Cody also shared a lengthy note about being excited, scared, nervous ahead of the, TNT debut, we talked about the passing of his father. He talked about knowing uh, the giant behemoth that he's up against. Uh, just a very real moment from Cody in that, that note as well that he shared yesterday. Got a lot of – got passed around. Did you get a chance to read the note? I did, and I, and I, and I liked the – I mean, I liked all of it. It was all very, um, you know, very good read and very personal. I and mean, I liked, you know, him – you know, he, he, they, he keeps saying the right things in terms of, you know, tell us the good, bad, otherwise. What have we done right? What have we done wrong? You know, I want to tailor the product to you. And, uh, you know, that's a – that. You know, whether whether or not that happens and it completely gets a full follow through, just 
saying and opening up that door to people in this day and age where everybody's opinion, everybody has an opinion, everybody feels their opinion is the the most valid in the room. Uh, so that you know, so that's a great PR. That's a great that's a great public approach to say, look, you know, we will, you know, we we want to listen to you. So um, yeah, it was a good read. And um, you know, again, they, I've said it many times. I'll keep saying it, and we'll start to be able to critique and nitpick a little bit more when we're getting two hours from them every week. But up to this point. Uh, they, they've done really. They've they've said and done a lot of the right things. Uh, and lastly, here from the world of AEW, Nyla Rose uh, took Twitter to apologize for an insensitive tweet she shared out the other day in response to a fan that was being mean to her. Uh, it insinuated that the fan had maybe been uh, touched by a relative when they were a child. I would to put it lightly. Uh, she said, "I would like to apologize for my comment yesterday." I have always tried to take the high road and rise above, ignore the hateful, hurtful insults I receive daily. Unfortunately, I let some hateful comments get in the way of my better judgment. I believe that sometimes people forget that real people are on the other end of the screen. I replied in frustration and anger and didn't consider the people that it could affect and hurt. For that, I am truly sorry, Um, which was great. I applaud her for this. She didn't need to do this. I didn't even really know what was going on until I read the apology. And I was like, well, what the F did she say? Uh, but this also kind of uh, reminded me of uh, Cody got in trouble for uh, uh, saying a word down in uh, Mexico that he thought was uh, just slang. Turned out to be a, a, a homosexual slur. He apologized for that. Uh, I'm, I'm cool. I like the, the kind of I like this kind of transparency with AEW. They've always been very willing to admit when they've done things wrong and own it. And uh, I think this kind of just follows the trend of that. I agree. Yeah. And, uh, you know, obviously you're getting ready to, you know, you're getting ready to be part of a massive, uh, big show on a big platform. So, you know, mind, you know, just take, take a few extra seconds before you hit that tweet button. All right, Bianca. So we're at the Arnold Palmer Children's Hospital today. Um, we're going to be visiting some ch- children a couple days after NXT, um, the first NXT uh, on USA Network. Just talk about what it means to kind of give back in the way that you guys are going to be doing today and what, what, what kind of impact you think you're going to have. Today is a very special day. We're here to visit a lot of the kids here. Of course, you know, a big part of our job is to always try to put smiles on kids' faces, and that's going to be the main thing that we're going to try to do to brighten their day. We're here to raise awareness for pediatric cancer. We're going to raise money and do fundraising for Connor's Cure, and all of that money is going to go towards the Booth Foundation. So being, you know, over the past three years or so, um, you've been able to participate in some of these events. Um, what does it mean to you to kind of be able to have that role model kind of aspect role, of, you know, playing that in that part of a kid's life, you know, maybe some that knows your story or doesn't, but meeting you one day gets them kind of researching you and just where you came from and just all that you've succeeded to doing. Well, being a WWE superstar, we hold a huge responsibility with what we do. And like I said, one of the main things that we want to do is entertain people and put smiles on their faces. And that's just a huge responsibility that we hold close to us. And that's what we just strive to do every single day. And I'm just happy to be here today. <laughs> and you get to be here with Montez as well. So yes. does that make it a little bit more fun that you get to kind of share <laughs> this experience with them? I love being a part of WWE and also working alongside my husband. And anytime I get to do anything with him, it's always a blessing to be able to be married to someone and we get to do these special things together. So I'm very excited for today. So this is capping off uh, a big week for you. Just how do you think the, the first episode went on, on uh, Wednesday? The first episode, I don't think that it could have been any better. 
I think we showed up and we showed out. We showed what NXT is. We showed that we are the brand, and it only can go up from here. I'm excited for the future. What did it mean for you to, to be in the opening, the first match on the show? Did you, did you know ahead of time that was going to happen? We did know that we were going to be the first ones out there, and we knew that we only get one time to make a first impression, and we had to go out there, show up, show out. That's what we did. And I'm just so proud of us. I'm so proud of everything that we've accomplished. You know, I am so appreciative of the people who came before us and set the foundation for NXT. And all the hard work that you put in, it just paid off that night. And for us to be the first ones out there, I couldn't have asked for anything better. Did you get kind of a pep talk before you guys went out there from Paul or anyone, one of the coaches? Definitely, everybody gave us a pep talk. We all try to encourage each other. It's an environment where we all want to do good. And everybody was just really encouraging and motivating. So. It was, it's a great environment. Okay. And then being, you know, back, being that live event environment, um, is there anything that you learned that you're going to move forward that, you know, an experience that happened that day that you're going to like kind of think about like, hey, maybe I can do that this way next time or something like that? I think what we did that night is what we've always done. I don't think that, you know, if something's working, don't change it. And obviously what we've been doing is working. So we're just going to keep doing what we've always done. Okay, and what do you uh, think about the future? Where do you think the future holds as far as the landscape? Do you want to kind of see a draft or anything when it comes to Raw or SmackDown? Or what do you think is going to happen as far as moving forward with NXT kind of the third brand now? I think with NXT being the third brand, it's just opened up the door for so many opportunities. Um, any type of opportunity is good. I think that I'm not sure what's going to happen next. All I can say is I'm happy being in WWE, whether that's going to be on Raw, SmackDown, or NXT. But with that being said, I am, an home, I am a homegrown talent in NXT. I love NXT, and I would be so happy to stay here in NXT. Okay, and lastly, um, you know, you, you're getting the chance to meet a lot of kids uh, in your experience of being a WWE superstar. Is there kind of one that kind of stands out for you that you'll always remember? Maybe it was the first time someone asked your autograph or something like that? I think for me, the moment that stood out is probably when I went back home. For me, um, you know, you go back home to family and friends and to see little girls look up to me and ask for my autograph. Like, that was kind of weird at first. I didn't really, it was really like, what's going on here? But I think that was the big thing is just having little girls who like look like me and they look up to me. And that was like the most special thing to me. Okay, awesome. Thanks so much. Hi, Rebecca. Good Hello. talking to you today. Hi, thanks for chatting. Yeah, no problem. So when I talked to Kimmy a few weeks ago, uh, she mentioned that this whole experience with Glow actually made you a wrestling fan. Is that true? It is, yeah. You know, I, especially uh, seasons one and two, I was really watching wrestling a lot and between the seasons, I would be watching wrestling just to, like, get excited for the next season to come up. And I haven't been keeping up with it as much these days, but I definitely have a new appreciation for it. I know who all the wrestling players are, and it's really, you know, it's been a, a fun experience to get to know that whole world. And uh, how did that kind of help you with your performance, I guess, from the from season one to two, and even maybe in the back of your mind for season three, when it came to, you know, you've actually gotten to see, you know, a lot of the programming and see what the women's wrestling is all about right now, but also from back back then, I, I think. It's just fun 
to watch all the different moves that they do, look and see how they take hits, how they express being in pain, like after they take a hit. Um, I also really enjoyed actually just going to see it live and seeing the theatricality that happened. Like, all of the girls freaked out when Bray came out with, like, incense and their smoke and, you know, all the sort of, like, over-the-top elements of everybody's characters. It's so fun to see that and see that it's not that different from what I do, which my background is sketch comedy, and they're all so committed to their characters, but then they get to do this, like, amazing athletic performance in addition to being committed to these characters. Who were who were some of your favorites when you started watching that? That um, did you get to meet any of them too? Uh, when you know through the fandom, I know you went to a SmackDown event. Um, that, uh, yeah, last year, I've been so. to a couple. Okay. I was at SmackDown twice. I went to Raw. Um, I went in Las Vegas as well. They invited me out, um, and I love Becky Lynch. I love um, Natalia. Um, I am a fan of uh, Taya from, now she's like Impact Wrestling, but I know her from Lucha. And um, I love, uh, sorry, Lana. I think she's really fun. And I got to meet a lot of them backstage, and I was completely starstruck. Because not only did I watch, like, WWE, um, SmackDown, and Raw, but I also... Uh, guilty pleasure, watch Total Divas, <laughs> and follow a lot of them on Instagram. So I really, like, felt like I know them. Um, so even when I met, like, Renee Young, I was like, oh, hi. Um, so are you actually Eric Dean Ambrose? And, you know, they like, such a, a weird fan. <laughs> More That's than, awesome. like, yeah. We met Paige. We met, um... I'm trying to think of who else. We met so many of the people. We met AJ Styles. Um, and everyone we met was really into the show, really loved Flow, and especially the female wrestlers were just saying how it is so awesome to see on, on screen, and some of them were expressing that it kind of helped shine a light on what they do and that they were getting even more interest in the press than they had mm. been. And uh, when it comes to season three for you, um, how would you kind of sum up the tone of, of this season? I mean, it's great that a lot of the girls uh, this season um, got a chance to, I would say, shine um, more than they, they have in the past with their own kind of more story arcs and getting them more fleshed out of their characters. Um, is that what you kind of gathered when, when, when you came on board and you read the script for this upcoming season? Yeah, you definitely explore more of the relationships between the girls and more of the stuff that goes on behind the scenes. And then you get to see a little bit of the toll it takes on their bodies for wrestling that much. They went from practicing and then wrestling once a week for the show to now doing the same moves every single day. And that affects them in a different way. And um, it also... Season three tackles a bunch of really big themes, um, homophobia, sexism, and it shows how it was going on in the 80s, but I feel like when you watch it with like a 2019 lens, you can see how some of this stuff is still going on. You get to see how much things have changed, but also how they stay the same. So I think it's a pretty amazing season uh, for the 
girls, you know, and it's been so exciting to watch. There was definitely less wrestling, and I missed the wrestling. Um, I really enjoy getting to wrestle, and I don't get to do that eight months a year, so those four months I really want to be in the ring as much as possible. And uh, we didn't get to do as much, but it was fun. Like, the stuff that we got to do was really fun. Um. So what kind of feedback have you gotten now? This has been out a couple, you know, a little bit of time now. People are, are getting a chance to watch this season. What's been kind of the common feedback that you've been getting? I've heard from a lot of people that they feel like it's the best season that they've seen, um, that they're happy that there's more storylines with more of the girls. Um, I think people really love the, like, bash storyline and the Debbie storyline, and then they love Yolanda and Arthie's relationship. And then, you know, I've been hearing people just say how funny it is. Like when we get to switch characters, like how funny that is. And the uh, scene, the, sorry, the episode when we're in the desert camping, like how emotional that was. So I've really heard a lot of great feedback. I think people, are not going to tell me that they don't like the show because they know that I could take them out. (laughs) (laughs) So you feel kind of this, uh, this role kind of has empowered you, maybe helped your confidence a little bit more. I mean, I know you're a performer already, so you have your confidence, but I mean, I I mean, are there any kind of insecurities that kind of this helped kind of bring out for you? Like as a challenge that you overcame? I feel like this role changed the way I look at myself in terms of like my body and Before GLOW, I had, uh, my son was not even two years old. I hadn't really been working out that much, like, since I had my kid. I was feeling, like, I always was, like, a little bit worried about my weight and making sure that I, like, fit in in Hollywood, which I never quite did. Um, But it was amazing to be put in a role where I wasn't thick, skinny, you know, and they told me not to lose weight. They were like, just, we want real bodies. We want you who you are. And that was sort of like odd <laughs> to me. And then I'm, I was wearing these unitards and these leotards that are, you know, really revealing. And then it has not, the show has nothing to do with that. It's all about us using our bodies for this athletic, powerful performance. And so it just made me look at myself in a completely different way. And after season one, I went to on a vacation to the beach, and I, I didn't think twice when I was in a bathing suit. Like, literally, there was no self-consciousness. And it's not like I look in the mirror every day and I'm like, wow, look at that perfect body. But I just don't care as much anymore. That I, and I used to care so much, and now I just don't care as much anymore. And so it's been so confidence-boosting in terms of just my self-image. And, um, and then also, I never thought I'd be able to be really an athlete and so now I actually feel like I'm like on the lowest tier of athlete but I actually feel much more athletic than I ever felt before that's great and when it comes to uh if there is a season four I mean I hope there is considering the the cliffhanger that we were left on um what kind of what are you going to want to see for your for your character I mean I feel like there's so much that we've only scratched the surface uh for you, John and Stacy, as as to what the future holds, and, and just getting a, more of an opportunity to kind of show their characters a little bit more. Yeah, I'd really like to see Don and Stacy um, in sort of a existential crisis. Like, 
when it's the show is sort of up in the air, um, like they are not going to go back and work at the salon or that would be just so difficult for them. But then are they going to go try to be regular actors? And what is that struggle? I mean, it really depends on where the show picks up from because we know that Debbie now own, and Bash own a TV studio. So I'm assuming that at some point, maybe Glow will come back. But, you know, what's going to happen until then? And I want to sort of see their, like, emotional journey that they're going through. And then also, how are the how did Vegas affect them and change the way that they look at everything in Los Angeles? Like, I feel like it might have ruined a little bit of the party scene for them mm-hmm. that they were, like, so much a part of in Los Angeles. So I really hope we get to see a lot of them. And I hope that, um, you know, they get some hookups. It's been dry. It's been dry over here. You need some love. Yeah, you guys need some love. Yeah. Yeah. Last question. Just, um, I know you have. uh, We talked. I talked with Timmy about uh, consent and just what it meant for you, you guys, to produce such an important piece of work and just kind of what it meant to kind of get such great feedback that you've been getting. You mentioned feedback for Globe, but this as well. Um, What talk about that project and just what else that you are working on right now that people can check out. Um, sure. I'm sorry. Did you mention consent or were you just talking about, okay, great. Um, yeah, it, it, it was such an incredible process to work on writing a short film about a subject that is so close to my heart and then starring in it. I really wanted to talk about the gray area between sexual assault and a bad date. And I wanted to do it in a comedy because that's the art form that I've chosen to sort of dedicate the last 20 years to. Um, and it took me a while to figure out exactly how to turn that dark concept into a comedy, but eventually figured out that I can make it into an allegory. I decided to write about a musician who wouldn't stop singing to a fan. I taught myself how to play ukulele. I wrote the song and then, uh, enlisted the wonderful Kimmy Gatewood to direct the film and we made it in two days. We raised money. I convinced Jackie Cohn to be in the movie as well, as well as uh, the amazing actor Kate Ellington. He's about to be in Lincoln on NBC. Um, And now we're doing festivals all over the place, and hopefully soon we'll be putting it up online. We're um, sort of figuring out how we're going to do an online premiere. But it's been such an exciting journey this last year, putting that movie together and now seeing the response has been incredible. It's great to see kind of a labor of love that something that you put so much effort in and finally, you know, it's out for the masses and kind of seeing that's got to be fulfilling for you to kind of see the reaction that you're getting for it. So that's great. Yeah. It's All right. Great. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Uh, congratulations on all the success. Looking forward. Hopefully we'll get thank more seats as well. Yeah, no problem. I hope Bye-bye. so. Okay. Bye. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much, Justin, for joining me at the top of the show to talk the news of the day. Thank you to Scott Fishman for going out and getting those great interviews with Bianca Belair and uh, Glow's Rebecca Johnson. Uh, And tomorrow, we'll be back with our final Winkly of this week. Of course, next week, all hell breaks loose, so we're going to have a nice reprieve tomorrow. Uh, We have two big interviews we're going to be doing. Of course, one of them, we're going to be releasing Scott's interview with the Street Profits, but I am going to be releasing my interview. And I'm going to say this because I totally – I know it's going to happen, and I very rarely ever promote – interviews on the show 
uh, before they are recorded. But I finished his book this morning. I'm chatting with him here in about an hour or so. Uh, Rocky Johnson, the father of Dwayne The Rock Johnson, multi-time NWA champion, WWE Hall of Famer. Uh, he's got his new book, Soul Man, The Rocky Johnson Story. It comes out next month. I'm going to uh, deep dive into him about that book. Of course, we'll talk a little bit about Dwayne on the show as well. But a huge, epic show to end the week. Rocky Johnson, The Street Profits tomorrow. I'm very proud of what we're going to present tomorrow, Justin. A lot of soul. A lot of soul. Uh, and if you like this show, you like Justin, or you don't like Justin, no, you like Justin. We all like Justin. Go over to the Wrestling Inc. iTunes channel. Give us a five-star rating. Give us a nice comment. Uh, let us know what you love about the show. And, of course, you can also tweet Justin and I the same thing as well. But if you're going to tweet us, take that, take those comments. Go put them over on the iTunes page. It's really easy to do. Copy-paste. A uh, lot of wrestling going on just this weekend here as we head into the craziest month in pro wrestling history. Friday night, Ring of Honor, Death Before Dishonor. We're going to have that coverage on the site. Saturday night, I don't know if we're going to cover it or not, but I do want to promote it. The Celebrity Boxing is going on fight. Do you know what the main event for the Celebrity Boxing is this Saturday night? Is this with the bagel guy? It is the angry bagel guy from New York. Do you know who he's fighting? Yes. Who's he fighting? You say Screech. It. He's fighting Dustin Diamond. <laughs> I don't know who to I, I, Oh my god. I, I I hope you you have you have the you have the tall you have the tall bitter gangly oh. uh, guy that, that repulses women and then you have the short, stout, angry bagel guy that repulses women. I hope they both just they both just knock each other out simultaneously and lay there. This thing's gonna be bullied shoe ugly. It Dustin Di- here's the thing. You you watched Hulk Hogan's Celebrity Championship Wrestling reality show, did you not? Vague. I don't remember a lot of it, but I, I know I saw some of it, yes. Okay, well, first of all, if you can go find it, go find it and watch it. It's hilarious. Uh, but uh, Dustin Diamond competed on that show. Dustin Diamond is a maniac. I think he stabbed somebody like about a year or so ago. Um, I think he's going to kick the, I think he's going to kick this bagel guy's ass. And if the bagel guy thought he had it bad before, I mean, now that now people are going to tell him you lost a screech. I think he's really going to have a tough time. Well, yeah, I mean, Screech has the 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 reach on him, so he doesn't have to get as close to him to nail a shot in. <laughs> no, and uh, and I don't even know. I, I I know why Screech is famous. I know why Dustin Diamond's famous. I don't know why this 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 little prick's famous. I don't whatever. But I but I am I am oddly intrigued. I am gonna look up and find a piece of video when it's over to try to see oh, what happened. Oh man, uh, we got promo codes from Fight. We're giving one away on Twitter. I know that much. I took one of them. I already plugged it in. I'm going to watch this. It's going to Jeez. be amazing. I'm anticipating Dustin Diamond to do that spot where he puts his, his glove out and the bagel guy comes at him and he just does the windmills like whoop, 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 whoop. All right. <laughs> I'm an idiot. Uh, for those of you that wonder what I look for in entertainment, I'm weirdly excited about this. All right. And lastly here, uh, Sunday night, uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling is going to be in Philly. I'm actually going to be on site uh, for uh, the New Japan and Philly show. Um, and so uh, we'll have some uh, coverage of that over on our social media channels and um, and, and, and take that in. So uh, a lot of great stuff to take in this weekend. Uh, more great content coming at you tomorrow here on the Winkly. Justin, what do you want to plug, promote, put over here to wrap up the show today? Well, I've been all over wrestling, Inc. I was on the post-Raw show, on the post-Smackdown. I'll be on the, the post-NXT show tonight. Of course, I'm on the Winkley tomorrow with you. But I want to remind everybody, if you can get to Pittsburgh next Wednesday, October 2nd, yes, the big day, NXT versus AEW. If you can get to Pittsburgh, I'll be hosting a viewing party at 1311 Bar on the south side. It's free to get in. Cheap drinks, $2.50 domestic bottle beer, $7 pitchers of Captain Morgan or Smirnoff vodka. Um, 
you know, we're going to have AEW and NXT on the TVs, sound probably on AEW. But come out and join me. Uh, hashtag get involved. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, so we look forward to that a week from today. There it is, everybody. And I'm at Wink Rebel over on Twitter. Thanks again so much for tuning in. And remember, if you winked, you didn't miss it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.